click drive time keeping you informed and inspired we love god we ought to be able to talk about him getting you started on your day with the latest in breaking news and information from the vatican to the white house and everything in between it's serious it's fun it's your catholic drive time now here's your host joe mcclain praise be to jesus christ welcome back to catholic drive time keeping you informed and inspired i'm your host joe mcclain so good to be on with you praise be to god Mexico. Let's pray for Mexico today. Yesterday, the Supreme Court came out with a ruling sort of decriminalizing abortion. Uh, Very tragic situation. Earthquake hit overnight. There's flooding. There's all kinds of news coming out of Mexico this morning. We're going to continue to pray for that country and everybody affected there. Pray for all all of the children that might be facing the death penalty of abortion in the coming days in Mexico. So lots to pray for there. On the program today, Satanism and abortion. Is there a link? What would what uh, the Satanists don't tell you? Uh, we're going to have Zachary King, former wizard, Satanic wizard, on the program today. And uh, you might have heard his story before. He had a mystical conversion experience at the hand of a complete stranger in the middle of a mall. And uh, it's a pretty fascinating story, but he was a satanic wizard in a coven who did some pretty uh, diabolical things, like, for instance, perform um, magic during abortion ceremonies. So we're going to have him on the program at 35 past the hour to discuss that. What parents ought to know about the occult to help keep their kids safe. That conversation is coming up. Also on the program today, I think Jeff Cavins is supposed to join us at 15 past the hour. He is the, the author of the Great Adventure Bible Timeline, the study that happens in many parishes around the country, and I'm, I'm sure beyond, too. Uh, we were just talking the other day about uh, Bible studies at parishes and how so many parishes are using and what I call sub-adequate, sub-par uh, Bible study content when they could be using better. Jeff Cavins is going to join us to talk about some of that. He's also a uh, going to be a keynote at the upcoming National Prayer Breakfast. So hopefully, prayerfully, all of that works out. We're going to have a great program and just so much to talk about. Good morning to you, Janice. Thanks for being on our program again. Good morning, Joe. Now, you, your family's from Mexico. Yes, my family's from Mexico. Any of them affected by this? Uh, well, my, my cousin actually posted a video on Instagram last night of her uh, her bedroom uh, lamp shaking, and yeah. like you could see uh, sure. everything in her in her bedroom was shaking. So nerve wracking, I'm sure. Yeah, and she actually, I actually messaged her, and I hopefully she'll respond soon. But um, just asking if everything is okay. So um, mm. my definitely my family in Mexico felt. Uh, the vibration because they they live about three hours from Acapulco. Oh yeah, and they're they're like right in between Acapulco and Mexico City. Mm. So that's and Acapulco was the um, where the earthquake happened. Yeah, Seven, yeah, a seven point oh uh, magnitude. So that's mm-hmm. kind of big. Yeah, it was kind of coincid- uh, very coincidental that it happened on the eve of the feast of our uh, the Nativity of Our Lady, which is today, and the Supreme Court decision that came down yes. yesterday. And Nativity of Our Lady, we celebrate the gift of her life, the gift of you know her the the birth of Our Lady, and so yeah. uh, and and what the Supreme Court in Mexico decided on uh, is obviously tragic, and just uh, we'll talk more about that today, but. Um, yeah, just very uh, coincidental how that happened today. 
Speaking of uh, tragedies, Adrian Fonseca is here on the Ones and Twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Praise and despite the fact that the apocalypse has come, oh, man. it is still good to be here. Praise <laughs> be to Jesus Christ. Now, usually the early morning audience does not get the benefit of some of our, our sort of more casual shenanigans. But during the after show uh, of the program where we get more casual about everything, we, you, can, you can frequently hear the horns of the apocalypse. Uh, well, today we're feeling it because there's video coming out this morning of uh, strange lights over the city of Mexico City, and uh, I'm sure it's related to the earthquake. But uh, and there's I don't it, but it looks very ominous. These lights flashing repeatedly through the sky. Are those transformers exploding? I, I yeah, could be sure. Why not? I have no idea, but. It, you know, to see these signs come so quickly after the Supreme Court decision was handed down in relation to abortion in Mexico, uh, boy, very, very tragic. And uh, and I'm sure there's a lot of people living on edge this morning in Mexico. So let's pray for them. Let's pray for a reconquista for Our Lady of Guadalupe uh, against the devil that is so determined to take back this great country. So let's pray today for that. Let's also pray for all of those that are going to be facing their eternal judgment in the moment of death today. Let's pray for the gracious mercy of Our Lady to pray and intercede for all of them. Uh, but let's jump into our program. We're going to have good news, or rather breaking stories coming up in a moment. Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and then, of course, at uh, 15 past, hopefully Jeff Cavins will be on with us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now the news with Janice Valenzuela. Good morning, friends. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janice Valenzuela, and here are your headline news for today. From LifeSite News, hundreds of L.A. cops and firefighters join force, forces to fight city vaccine mandates. Firefighters and police officers in L.A. have positioned themselves on the front lines in the battle against coercive COVID-19 vaccine mandates, joining together to demand freedom from forced inoculation in a monumental fight to preserve our liberties. From LifeSite News, Uber, Lyft are now vowing to pay legal fees for drivers who help women get abortions in Texas. The recently enacted Texas Heartbeat Law allows private individuals to sue for damages against anyone who helps a woman get an abortion after a fetal heartbeat is detected. Ride-sharing companies such as Uber and Lyft have promised to pay the legal fees for drivers who are sued under Texas recently implemented heartbeat law. The Biden administration is working urgently to stop Texas heartbeat law. AG Attorney General Merrick Garland said he is exploring all options to challenge the Texas Heartbeat Act as Democrats increase pressure in the Justice Department. From Blaze News, Texas 
The Texas governor signs election security reforms into law. Texas Governor Greg Abbott on Tuesday signed an election security bill into law that tightens restrictions on voting by mail, among other reforms, overcoming objections from Democrats who fled the state in a publicly stunt to rally support for federal legislation that would undo the new reforms. From Blaze News, the U.S. agency led by White House COVID advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci funded research experiments to infect humanized mice with novel coronaviruses at a laboratory in Wuhan, China. These documents were newly released and caused Anthony Fauci to come under suspicion of lying. From the Catholic News Agency, Mexican Supreme Court has invalidated state's pro-life law. Mexico Supreme Court on Tuesday invalidated several articles that protected life from conception in the penal code of the state of Coahuila, opening the door to legal abortion. The ruling is expected to have wide-ranging effects throughout Mexico, formally legally legalizing abortion in the country. Catholic news agency Cardinal Sacco says Pope Francis's historic visit changed Iraq. Cardinal Louis Raphael Sacco explained that the Pope's trip had changed the atmosphere in the Middle Eastern country. Quote, he states, the, Pope's the Pope has touched the hearts of all Iraqis by his message, especially Muslims. And now something has changed in the, in the streets and in the mass, the population, end quote, he commented. From Catholic News Agency, marking Labor Day this past week, Archbishop an archbishop urges Catholics to pray and work for an economy that respects the common good. A U.S. archbishop has urged Catholics to pray and work for an economy that respects the common good as the country and the world continue to recover from the economic and human tolls of the COVID-19 pandemic. From Epic Times, a major earthquake shakes Acapulco, Mexico City and surrounding cities in Mexico. At least one death was reported after a 7.1 magnitude temblor struck on Tuesday night, leaving about 1.6 million residents without power. From Epic Times, Bitcoin prices plummet on the first day as legal tender in El Salvador. Selling pressures continue to bear down on Bitcoin on Wednesday after it suffered its heaviest loss in months. A day earlier in El Salvador, officially, which has adopted the city, has officially adopted the cryptocurrency as a legal tender, but has gone off to a rocky start. And those are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a blessed Wednesday. The saint of the day. Well, we got three today. The, the nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary today. Praise be to God. Beautiful, beautiful feast day. And, and probably most importantly, the feast of Saint Adrian is also today. Uh, but the saint of the day is Blessed Antoine Frederic Oznam, who was born on the 23rd of April, 1813 in Milan, Italy. It was born to Jean and Marie Ozonam and the fifth of, of 14 children. He was only three of them survived to adulthood. He married a layman scholar and teacher and author in the Archdiocese of Paris in Marseilles, France. 
and studied law in Paris and worked in the judicial service in Lyon's France. They obtained a doctorate based on his work on Dante. He taught in Lyon's Paris and in the Sorbonne, and his writing and teaching always revolved around the benefits of the individual and society of Christianity. One of the founders, he became one of the founders of the Conference of Charity, which became the modern-day Society of St. Vincent de Paul. He died on the 8th of September, 1853, in Marcellus Bois de Rhone, in France, of natural causes, and was beatified on the 22nd of August, 1997, hey, a year before I was born, by Pope John Paul II. And his beatification has a recognition and is celebrated at the Notre Dame de Paris Cathedral, or was left with it. And he was, uh, so blessed Antoine Frédéric Oznam, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to verse 23. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. When his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found with child through the Holy Ghost. Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly. Such was his intention when, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home. For it is through the Holy Ghost that this child has been conceived in her. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. What about a minute and a half left to go before we have to go to a break? There's not a lot we can dive into. Save this. Every time I read this passage, I kind of mention the same thing. And I mentioned the three theories about St. Joseph and why this righteous and just man would put her away in divorce. Suspicion theory. Augustine supported that, it seemed, as well as other early church fathers. The perplexity theory, which meant he... Wasn't sure what this was about. Is this miracle? I have no idea. I can't explain it. Uh, St. Jerome had uh, commented on that one. But the reverence theory is the one I subscribe to. And uh, so does St. Thomas Aquinas. I'm just saying, great minds think alike. But this, the reverence theory is that Joseph was humble. He felt too humble to accept the Gibirah, the queen mother uh, of the kingdom, into his home and to be the foster father of the Messiah. He didn't feel up to the task, let's say. And in humility, he wanted to, uh, to acquiesce. But it was the Holy Ghost. It was the spirit that comes to him. It was the message through an angel that tells him that he is to take her into his home. So like St. Joseph, sometimes we feel inadequate to the task. But if God calls us to it, we have to. We have to say yes. But we'll have to leave it there. We'll talk more about it next hour. Don't go anywhere. Jeff Cavins is coming up next. Talking Bible studies. Glorianshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Glorianshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Glorianshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, Glorianshine.com. Thank you again. 
The next National Men's March to End Abortion is Monday, November 15th in Baltimore. We will gather outside of a local abortion center and march to our rally point outside of the USCCB Fall Assembly. Men, it's time. We thought we were killing the babies, but we have in fact killed our conscience. We have in fact killed our rights. We have in fact killed our nation. Go to themensmarch.com for more information and commit to join us on November 15th in Baltimore. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean, so good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Zachary King, a former satanic wizard, uh, somebody who is involved in things like abortions and so many other diabolical acts, is going to be on to tell us about that experience, the connection between those things, and what parents ought to do to help their kids avoid the occult. All of that coming up at 35 past the hour. Joining us right now is Jeff Cavins, the creator of the celebrated Great Adventure Bible Timeline Study Series, her, uh, seen, experienced, and, and studied in parishes all across our country. Praise be to God. Good morning to you, Jeff. Thanks for being on with us. Good morning, Joe. Good to be with you. Now, you're going to be the uh, keynote speaker at the upcoming National Prayer Breakfast. Uh, tell me what you're going to talk about. Yeah, it's uh, it's an honor for me to to be there, and at such a time as this that we're going through, uh, what the Lord has really put on my heart for that uh, breakfast is to talk about discipleship and to talk about what it really means to be a disciple in the world today. What's the difference between being just a quote unquote churchgoer and a disciple, or you could say a fan or a follower of of Jesus, and and how do how do you live that life? And what would the Lord do in the current situation? And so I think it, I really want to emphasize becoming an activated disciple in the context of the United States today. And that would be, what would Jesus do? How would Jesus respond to everything that is going on right now? So that's what I'm hoping to be in uh, there with an encouraging message. Praise be to God. Um, you know, we read the gospel every day on the program, and we like to use, we use verbum uh, as uh, our tools to dive deep into the passage uh, with certain commentaries, but at the early church fathers is something I particularly love to read from. Uh, Cornelius Alapidae is another very common uh, commentary we use on this program. Uh, we were just saying the other day about Bible studies. I used to be Protestant, was raised, born and raised Protestant, so I've experienced Protestant Bible studies on a number of occasions. But it wasn't until I dived into Catholic sources that the Bible came alive to me. Now, you started out Catholic, you went Protestant, and came back. Uh, Could you speak to that? Yeah. You know, I had a powerful conversion experience when I was 18 years old. I was a freshman in college. And uh, the first thing I did is, uh, the day after, is I went and I bought a Bible. And uh, I looked at it, and of course, I thought I should read it. And so I started to read it in in Genesis, and I would read it all the way to Revelation, and I would sit back and say, ah, that was a good story. But it didn't work out that way. I did read it. In fact, I read it a couple of times, but I didn't have any idea 
as to what it was really saying. I, I knew the stories, but I didn't know the story, the overarching story. And so that became a goal of mine to understand that story. And I did that. I was 25 years old. And uh, I just suddenly got this idea to put together a chart. I was getting ready to actually go into a Hebrew class at the University of Minnesota when I was listening to this old curmudgeon theologian talk about the history of archaeology. And I was just amazed that he could walk me through the whole thing. And I wanted to be able to do that, kind of like a guitar player on a fretboard without looking at it. I wanted to know that story. And I got this idea for this chart, and it hit me. I went home. I spent 48 hours up, I created the chart, and uh, the rest was history after that. I was only 25 years old, but uh, when I came back into the Catholic Church after leaving the church, after 12 years of pastoring, that's when it really took on Technicolor. That's mm. when it really made sense because I had, I had everything that the story was talking about, the papacy. I had the, the Eucharist, the sacraments, the Blessed Mother, the communion of the saints, the, the concept of the Word of God being scripture and sacred tradition. And uh, for the first time in all those years, it fit together like a puzzle without one missing piece. And there was a thrill there that, that uh, it's hard to describe. You know, I, I was Church of Christ. That's the most my family is a Church of Christ from uh, back in Indiana. And, and I remember as a kid thinking how divorced the Old Testament was to the New Testament, mm-hmm. the God of wrath and the God of mercy kind of, uh, kind of concept. And I remember uh, starting to study Catholic sources. I was diving into the early church fathers and reading Catholic apologetics and, and discovering how, how not true that was, how, how completely opposite that is that as St. Augustine would say, you know, the new is hidden in the old and revealed in the new and the old is revealed in the new. I mean, it just blew my mind to see the connections and to see how uh, typology uh, works and, and it, if I felt like, golly, Jew is, where was this in the Protestant studies? And so often I have seen Catholic parishes using Protestant studies, and I'm not trying to bash our Protestant brothers and sisters, but rather saying there's there's so much greater good uh, material, good content, good material out there. How, why do you think uh, the Catholics sometimes don't dive deep enough into the patrimony of the Catholic Church? Well, I, I think there's a couple of reasons. One is that uh, somehow we settle for the idea that Protestants have the Bible, we have the sacraments, and uh, game on, you know. <laughs> and it's just not that way at all. We have the Bible. In fact, the Bible came from the Catholic tradition. It's meant to be studied within the Catholic tradition, and it's meant to be lived out within mm. the context of the of the Catholic Church. And so I think some people think that, well, that's theirs, this is ours, but that's that's not that's not true. One of the other reasons is is that there is a disconnect between the Mass on Sunday, where we hear the Word of God, and the Word of God in uh, the other six days of the week. And that's really what we need to do is to bridge that gap and bring bring them together. Plus Parents need to instruct their children on how to read the Bible. Joe, this is an, this is an amazing thing in, in that the Bible is the foundation for our story. It's, uh, as the catechism says in the very first paragraph, God has a plan of sheer goodness, and that's laid out in salvation history. Yet, we tell people to read the Bible, but very seldom do we tell them how 
to read the Bible. And so you know the story, you know the drill. They start in Genesis, they go to Revelation, <laughs> at least try to they get as far as Leviticus, and they give it up and they go pick up some other book. I so, uh, I teach you how to do it. Every time I give a talk, you know, I just gave a talk at a men's conference. I always ask how many people have attempted to read the Bible from cover to cover, and everybody raised their hand. I go, how many people have survived Leviticus? And not very few people raised their hand. And I said, we should get a T-shirt that says, "I survived Leviticus." Yeah, we're, right. <laughs> we're a part of a unique club for sure. But I think your your study, in my opinion, is a game changer because it helps people to 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 focus, to have a plan, and to have a, a way of dealing with the more difficult uh, components of reading it from cover to cover and it gives it story it gives it life and people i mean who doesn't love a good cliffhanger right i mean people like the plot and yeah. uh, and i think that they've gotten a lot of i know i'm seeing comments right now from our audience online and and they just really love your particular study do you see in our great difficult days that we're living in i mean if you read the news and golly gee whiz uh, one can only feel the dread. Uh, but yet, things like the Bible in a Year podcast is blown up and exploded. Your your own study is in many parishes across our great country, and I assume beyond. Do you see there's a hunger for this? Oh, absolutely. You know, as you uh, mentioned there, the Bible in a Year, Father Mike Schmitz and I put together this this Bible in a Year podcast where it's two guys from Minnesota that are reading the Bible and making a few comments about it. And on January 2nd, a uh, producer called us and said, you're number one in the country. And we thought, well, number one Catholic Bible study. That's kind of cool. <laughs> and uh, and I, I said, she said, no. I said, religion? No. She said, everything. I mean, Joe Rogan, Ben Shapiro, mystery and murder ones <laughs> she said yeah and i and we both were like well, i don't know how did that happened and so we looked online and sure enough it was there but it, it blew us away but i think it speaks to the situation that we're in right now and, th and that is that people are looking joe for for two things they're looking for uh, a brighter future and someone to trust and that's what you get in salvation history in the bible you learn about the heart of our father you learn about his plan and that becomes a foundation on which you can trust trust god and that's what people are desperately searching for today i mean you can bring up any topic right now politics covid vaccines fauci you go on and on all these names that are coming up in the news people don't know what to think or believe anymore and they have uh, sort of wandered off and we're bringing them hopefully you and others back to that story that really makes sense out of life and if jesus can walk with us through this this time uh, there will be a new sense of peace in our life and a new sense of direction and purpose in our lives and so i think that's what people were responding to with bible in a year Jeff, I have a question for you. Um, I, I am a, a young millennial female woman, um, and I'm always curious to hear uh, a practical. I love listening to your podcast, actually. I've heard uh, you speak a lot about young Catholic entrepreneurs and also um, your uh, your comment right now about young children and how we need to practically uh, develop the habit of reading scripture uh Front, throughout the week, not just on Sundays. So do you have any practical um, advice for young families with small children or young Catholic entrepreneurs who are uh, in the t in the trenches of evangelizing to their children, evangelizing in their um, Catholic apostolates? How can they develop the habit of, uh, 
you know, making scripture part of their ministry, part of their families, passing it down to their children. Uh, do you have any practical advice? Yeah, no, it's a good question. And uh, I don't think I've ever had a question put quite like that. It's put very well. The, um, the, the two things I would say are consistency and visibility. Um, when we talk about, you know, how can we go deeper into scripture on a consistent basis and be a witness to our children? The answer is, uh, and Nike caught this very early on, just do it. And, and that means set a time and guard that time where you and your spouse are going to get together. For my wife and myself, it is, it's in the morning. When we get up in the morning, I go downstairs and as anybody watching us on video, I have my cup of green tea and I make tea. I sit down with my wife. We open the Bible. We spend about an hour and a half every morning reading scripture, praying and discussing Lexio Divina, doing Lexio Divina. And so it, the, the consistency is so important that it is, it's the, it's the highlight of your day to meet with God, to read scripture and to pray about it. The, the next is visibility. There's nothing like a, a young boy or a young daughter seeing dad and mom reading the Bible. Most of us would be able to say from my generation, I never saw my parents read the Bible ever, ever. And, and I wish I had. But I'm, sometimes, I, and I'm not an actor, but sometimes I'm, I make sure that my children see me reading the Bible and discussing it with my wife. And so that's where we can start. Pick a time, like a date and a place, and be consistent with it. And then when there's children involved, be visible with it and invite them in to the conversation. Mm, that's beautiful. Um, I can uh, attest to that because as a young child, my mom uh, every night she would read the Bible to me and then she would have me read the Bible to her as well every night. Um, and I, I have that memory and, and I think that's uh, definitely uh, bared fruit in my life today. Um, so thank yeah. you for sharing that. I love that consistency and visibility. I love that. Thank you. We're down to just a few seconds left in our conversation with Jeff Cavins. Uh, the, uh, the Great Adventure Bible Study Series. If it's not in your parish, why not convince your your pastor to uh, to try to bring it in because uh, the alternatives sometimes are Protestant, let's just say. <laughs> so mm-hmm. why not get a great Catholic Bible study in your parish? Could be a good option there. Ascension Press publishes. But uh, uh, good luck on your upcoming talk. I know you're going to be amazing, Jeff Cavins. Thank you for your time today. We're very grateful to you. Thank you, Joe. Good to talk to you. All right. Praise be to God. Jeff Cavins is coming up on the National Catholic Prayer Breakfast. So look forward to that. But check out the podcast, Bible in the Year. We'll be right back. Breaking news and stories coming up next. Protestants like to use James 2, 10-11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2.10-11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. 
Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is Janice Valenzuela, and these are your headline news for today. From LifeSite News, a group of 51 employees of Detroit Healthcare Organization filed a lawsuit on Monday challenging their employer's COVID-19 vaccine mandates. From Epic Times, South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem issued an, an executive order on Tuesday to restrict telemedicine abortion and chemical abortions in the state. From Epic Times, at least 41 people have been killed and dozens more injured as a fire broke out in an, in an overcrowded Indonesia prison near the capital city of Jakarta on September 8th. From National Catholic Register, Joe Biden said on Friday, September 3rd, that he did not believe life begins at conception. Contradicting his previous statements on when life begins, Biden answered a reporter's question on abortion on Friday, quote, addressing the August job numbers on the White House. I respect those who believe life begins at the moment of conception, but I don't agree and I don't res- and I respect that. I'm not going to impose my belief on people. End quote. From VOA News, a towering statue of the Confederate General Robert E. Lee in, in Richmond, Virginia, is set to come down Wednesday, more than 130 years after it was built, as a tribute to a Civil War figure who is now widely seen as a symbol of racial injustice, state officials said on Monday. From VOA News, the U.S. Justice Department said Monday it would protect those seeking abortions in Texas after a restrictive, controversial state law had passed. Attorney General Merrick Garland said the Justice Department is still urgently looking to challenge a new Texas law that bans most abortions in the state. Cuba is now vaccinating children as young as two years old. State media stated Cuba began inoculating children as young as two with vaccines as it developed new vaccines that have not been recognized by the World Health Organization. The country announced this past week. The U.S. President Joe Biden pushed pushes for climate control measures Tuesday as he took a firsthand look at the widespread damage in parts of the state of New York and New Jersey from last week's flooding rains and tornadoes spawned by the remnants of Hurricane Ida. Brazil has placed a 90-day suspension from more than 12 million doses of COVID-19 vaccines because they were made in a plant that had not been authorized by Brazilian federal health regulators. From Daily Wire, the Taliban is holding stranded American citizens hostage for demands right now. The Taliban is effectively holding American citizens hostage in Afghanistan by not allowing several airplanes to leave. And these are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a blessed Wednesday. Praise be to God in all things. Joining us right now via the phone 
is Zachary King, uh, a former satanic wizard, and uh, had a mystical conversion to to the faith, and praise be to God for it. Uh, Zachary, thank you for your time today. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Wonderful to be here. Praise be to God. Uh, I wish we had um, a lot of time to dive into the details of your story, which, <laughs> by the way, I've listened to several times uh, over the past couple of years, and it's somewhat difficult to get through. Uh, the uh, The details of your story can be very difficult to get through. Uh, they feel that there's a weight to them, right? Uh, there's like a sort of a mystical weight to it. Um, so we don't have that kind of time. But I would like to start with, how did you get roped into a, Catholic, uh, a satanic coven to begin with? Uh, through magic. Magic being the thing that drew me, that fascinated me and the kid that recruited me I, I was 12 years old at the time and he was also 12 and he got me to playing I was already playing uh, campaigns of D&D wow. from the, I started that when I was 10 years old but at 12 years old this other kid came up and said hey there's another group that I play with uh, they play every weekend and they also believe magic is real I knew magic was real because I'd already proven to myself. And um, by doing three magic spells, all for money, and all of them worked. So I decided to try out this other group. And it was a satanic coven. But, you know, I, I didn't know that at the time. I just got roped into doing all the fun things that a kid should not do. Mm. Now, D&D, &D, so that's Dungeons and Dragons? Right. Should that is, that's one of my questions right away as a parent, right? Uh, trying to protect my kids from the occult and things of, of the occult. Is Dungeons and Dragons something parents ought to be avoiding? Well, here's the issue. Cigarettes are not necessarily bad if you just smoked like one every once in a while. Mm. But cigarettes can kill you over time. And cigarettes are also a gateway drug to other things. I mean, some people smoke a cigarette and they never progress beyond that. And then some people smoke a cigarette and decide they're going to try weed next. Some people that decide they're going to smoke weed next go on to take pills or go on to try heroin and eventually OD. And if you trace the route back, it went back to that first cigarette, which... You know, there's a billion people in the world that smoke cigarettes that are not going on to shoot up with heroin and OD, but they are killing themselves with cigarettes. You know, I saw D&D &D as my gateway drug. I went into that. That got me involved in a coven. Uh, the coven got me involved in Satanism. Satanism got me to do my first assisted abortion. You know, I went on to become the high wizard and do 146 assisted abortions. 146. Wow. wow. That that leads to a question that I had because, you know, we're seeing right now the left, especially right now, like literally yesterday, they are pushing for uh, abortion, freaking out about the Texas law. Uh, they are siding with Satanists, the, the Satanic Temple. They are having uh, the Aztec pray, uh, gods that are being prayed to in public school systems. Like the Satanic is up big time. Can you talk about the relation between Satanism and um, and magic in relation to abortion? Well, you in my Satanic coven, my my old I had 
two. I had the first one I came into was an OTO coven. My second one was World Church of Satan. Um, you had to do, in both covens, you had to do an abortion if you did a hex. A hex is the strongest magic spell that a Satanist has. And in it, you're petitioning Satan personally to grant you the favor of whatever it is the magic spell is asking for. But the thought process was that if you want to get the devil's attention, you got to get the devil's attention. So an abortion gets his attention. You're, you're murdering an innocent life. The devil likes that. So I'm going to do my hex for X, Y, and Z. Here's an abortion. Zachary, it's almost a guarantee that your 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 wish will be granted because you're giving the devil what he wants. Wow, Zachary King is our guest. He's a former uh, satanic wizard, and uh, as he's 146 abortions, that is pretty insane. Uh, real quick, though, uh, we're going to be at a break here in a couple of minutes. Can you? Give us the description of the different types of covens. I've heard this in your testimony in the past. There's uh, varying levels and uh, and sort of the, the sort of their mission or what the the things the activities they participate in. Can you break that down for us? What are the types of satanic covens out there? Well, it, there's basically two. Now that there could be um, mag, uh, covens that practice magic, and there's covens that don't. Uh, there's covens that are political or there's covens that are just sexual. But when it comes down to it, there's two basic types. There's theistic and there's atheistic. Like the Satanic Temple and Church of Satan are atheistic. They don't believe in God and they don't believe in the devil, <laughs> which is a weird thing because, you know, you're, you're uh, uh, identifying as a Satanist, but you don't believe in Satan. Now, as much as they say that, the atheistic covens are the ones that steal the host. Hmm. Notice that they don't steal the Baptist Wonder Bread. They steal the Catholic Eucharist. And they don't go back there and steal the box of 100 that they can get for free. They steal the one that's consecrated, and they charge big money for it. When they sell it to a satanic coven, they sell it for between fifteen hundred and fifteen thousand dollars. Wow. With the average price being about five thousand dollars. Cause you've got to give your give up your pieces of silver for Jesus. Wow, I didn't realize there was such a black market for the Eucharist. I we hear about this happening in Houston. We had a black mass that happened uh for a local brewery and that was a huge news. I didn't realize this was happening. How often is this happening? We have about one minute uh, before we go to break. Black masses happen every day. Wow. This is... And um, every, go ahead. every night at, at between midnight and 3 a.m., they do an extended black mass to consecrate all the aborted babies to the devil during that time. That's pretty horrific. That's pretty horrific. But that music means we're going to go to a break. We're going to come back. Zachary King is our guest. He has a book out, by the way, called Abortion is a Satanic Sacrifice. We'll try to link to that in our uh, video feeds. Check that out. But on the other side of the break, we're going to come back. We're going to continue our conversation with Zachary King, a former Satanic wizard, about uh, the occult, the connection between abortion 
and the occult and as parents what we can avoid and how to help these people come out of this all that's coming up next this is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute have you ever heard someone say the Catholic Church would be okay if it weren't for all the rituals why do people complain about rituals in the church they don't complain about the rituals that fill the rest of their daily lives They shake hands, they sign their names, they put candles on birthday cakes, they give each other flowers, they put on fancy weddings and somber funerals. Those are all rituals. They are symbols. They are simple ways of representing complex ideas. G.K. Chesterton says, Ritual is a need of the human soul. In fact, it's a need of the human body, like exercise. Destroy your impressive ceremony, and all you get in return is unimpressive ceremony. Want more than a minute? Visit our website at chesterton.org. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. Praise be to God. It is good to be on with you. Zachary King is our guest. Uh, former satanic wizard who had a mystical conversion at the hands of Our Lady. Praise be to God. Maybe we can get into a little bit of that, but we're we're down to the last segment here, so the the clock is not our friend at the moment. But Zachary, it's good to have you back on. I wanted to ask you mm-hmm. about your work as a as a high wizard, and I remember listening to your story um, about this and seeing the guy in the top hat with the painted skull face, and that's something we've seen in pop culture now for decades. It was in a Bond film for crying yeah. out loud, um, and right. I, I want to say Pink had. Uh, Character similar to it in one of her music videos I saw in a news article. I don't watch Pink, that but is correct. So uh, we this is something that's been enculturated, and this was. But you, when you saw this, this is something you wanted to be. Uh, what did you do right. as the as the High Wizard? What what was your job? What what was some of the stuff that you did? Uh, you get to travel the world. Uh, my first year, you find out your first year the Bohemian Grove is a real thing. And you are the you are the main participant in it. Um, there's uh, you, you meet the the world's billionaires. Most of them are in China. Um, you but really you're you're practicing magic, but a lot of and, and that's magic M A G I C K, uh, not to be confused with uh, card tricks or illusion. Um, spelling it with the K differentiates satanic magic from sleight of hand. And it was named that by, or spelled that way originally by Aleister Crowley, um, self-dubbed the wickedest man in the world. Um, the majority of what I do was magic, but sometimes it's a case of I know which papers to fill out to move a bill through really fast or I know the right buttons to push or the right levers to pull. It is not, not always magic that's moving something, but 
as Satan likes to say, use your illusion. Um, if the world thinks you're using magic and you're getting it done, let them think whatever they want. Now, we've heard stories about warehouse deals and famous people selling their soul to the devil. I mean, uh, there's been movies made on the subject. It, what's Rock the truth? Stars. Yeah, what's the truth behind all of that? Uh, that is very true. A warehouse deal is uh, aptly named because you go to literally a warehouse that's much bigger than a super Walmart. And all these rock stars or wannabe rock stars or has been rock stars are told to meet there. And this is by their producer, director, uh, publicist, friend. Somebody has told them you have to be here. Um, when they get there, they have to wait. The high wizard arrives and the high wizard walks through the area looking for the next big thing. And it could be somebody that's had a deal and blew through it. And now they want another one, but they have something to offer. Now the devil is looking for the person that's not going to draw a line in the sand on what they're willing to do. He's looking for the person that's willing to jump in the mud and be drugged through it. <laughs> and that, you know, I walk up to people and I ask, Hey, who wants to be famous? Everybody wants to be famous. What are you willing to do to be famous? You know, and most people say, well, I wouldn't do anything with animals or children. Well, that's not who Satan wants. So I keep going. You know, who wants to be famous? What are you willing to do? Somebody in this group will say, I would do anything. Would you do anything with children and a horse? Yes. Great. Here's a tier two card. Take this, call the number on it. Go do whatever it is they tell you to do, and I'll see you in six months on MTV. Wow. And I've said that speech to over a thousand people, and I helped about 1,200 people sell their souls to the Illuminati to be, become a rock star. Wow. Is it technically possible to sell one soul? No. You cannot sell what you don't own. You know, when, I, when I'm doing my talks and I've got an assistant sitting next to me, I ask them what kind of car they own. Then I ask the audience, can you legally sell me this person's car? And the answer is no. And why not? And they say, because it doesn't belong to us. So that's the same reason you can't sell your soul. God died for you. Jesus paid the ultimate price for your soul. You can't lease it. You can't loan it. You certainly can't sell it. But you may have heard that the devil's a liar. If the devil tells you good morning, get a second opinion. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I had a question in regards to the into sodomy. The uh, I I think I remember hearing you once say that that sodomy in movies and television came about because of a of a high wizard uh, that was trying. They were trying to get uh, sodomy to be normalized in society. We wanted to get um, homosexuality to be accepted in every show, no matter, no matter what kind of show it is. So from Disney and uh, Sesame Street all the way up to whatever the cutting edge show is on television right now. But we wanted uh, an openly gay character. Obviously, if you're accepting the gay character, you're accepting 
all the extras that come with that. Like it, it, you're accepting the the Disney character that's gay or lesbian, but you're obviously if you're accepting that person, you're accepting that they have uh, sodomite tendencies, and you know what those tendencies are. You have to begin with the acceptance of the most innocent of things first, though. And you have to ease your way into it because you can't smack somebody in the face with sodomy right off the bat and say, well, you accept that because being slapped in the word in the face with the word of it is like, no, 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 no. I don't want anything to do with that. But if you introduce it with uh, pigtails and a puppy dog and some glitter and balloons, well, that's easier to accept. And, he's such a nice boy and she's such a nice girl and oh wait what do you mean gay marriage um you know oh, rights for everybody yeah i understand that everybody deserves these rights and love wins you know and next thing you know gay marriage is the law of the land and there's nothing mm. we can do about it zachary i have a question in regards to um uh just the average lay catholic person uh, how should we, um, so I have two questions. My first question is, as a lay Catholic person, how should we uh, interact with, uh, you know, pop culture, just uh, overall, like, secular culture? Should we um, be scrupulous and just uh, stay away uh, completely, like, cut ourselves off from, you know, these secular um, uh, things that uh, perhaps have um, implicit uh, satanic uh, items and then my second question is, uh, how do you help those that are Satanists or in a cult um, or uh, effectively helping satanic temp- build satanic temples? How do you help uh, convert them and effectively get rid of these temples in our society? Got about three minutes. The, um, the strongest prayer that we have as lay Catholics is the rosary. And the strongest prayer that we have as a church is the mass. So you have to get the Catholics to rally and realize how strong their rosaries are, that one Hail Mary can move mountains. Imagine what, you know, saying the entire rosary would do. You know, I have a 15-decade rosary. It's my new favorite thing. And, I mean, you sit there and you just plow through that, and you feel stronger uh, spiritually when you pray it. You feel like you can do anything with the help of God. Mm. And, you know, that, that nothing, Satan cannot stand in your way. Um, you've got to not be afraid of him attacking you. He is attacking you all the time. Think, think about how old you are, add nine months to that, and that's how long he's been attacking you. So you can't be afraid. You can't think, oh, I'm going to bury my head in the sand over here and ignore the devil and he'll ignore me. I can tell you from being a victim of bullying when I was a kid that not hitting the bully back doesn't stop him from hitting you. You've got to just be on the offensive. Now, yeah, in a perfect world, you could avoid pop culture. You could totally turn your back on it. You could bury your head in the sand. You could walk away. You could hide in a a room that doesn't have a laptop. You don't have a cell phone. You don't have a computer. You don't have a TV and all that stuff. But that's not realistic. You know, the the realistic thing is that you have to be in this world 
because we're all here. There's no other place to go. Um, so you have to fortify your kids. You have to give them good formation. You have to teach them right from wrong. And it's a difficult road with your kids because you can't be with them 24 hours a day. You know, you're basically raising them while they're asleep and for maybe an hour during the day, you know, and the rest of that time they got their friends, they got school and you can't monitor what the school tells them. Even if it's a Catholic school, you can't guarantee what they're being taught. You know, you've got, they're being bombarded by a society that gay is normal, that transgender is okay, that, um, you know, there's, there's almost no end to the crap that they're being fed and being told that it's normal, that it's acceptable, that if they don't do these things, that then they're bad people. Mm-hmm. And you've got to instill your Catholic beliefs in them and not just the beliefs, but the dogmas, the everything that's Catholic, they've got to embrace. Amen. It cannot be, it cannot be your religion. It cannot be your grandparents' religion. It has to be their religion. It has to be their belief system. We are out of time. Zachary King, we are grateful for your time today and being on the show. I'd love to have you back so you can tell us more specifically about your conversion because it's pretty powerful. But uh, God bless you, Zach. We're going to encourage everybody to check out your book. Abortion is a satanic sacrifice. We're linked to it. Uh, Zachary King, God bless you. Have a great day. God love you. And that is going to do it for the first hour of Catholic Drive Time. Thank you all for joining us. If you can join us in the second hour, uh, praise be to God, we would love to have you. You can play the game and possibly win the prizes in the the trivia game show coming up. GRNonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you back here 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Why do Catholics call Mary the Queen of Heaven? Doesn't God rebuke the Israelites in the Old Testament for worshiping a false goddess called the Queen of Heaven? Should we not refer to Mary with that title, therefore, since it's a title of a false god? In Jeremiah 7, verse 18, God is indeed upset with the Israelites for worshiping a false goddess called the Queen of Heaven. However, just because God rebuked them for worshiping the false Queen of Heaven doesn't mean that we cannot pay honor to the true Queen of Heaven, the Blessed Mother. That type of thinking would lead you to believe that just because people worship a false god that they call God, we therefore should not call the true God by that same name, God, because that's the same name the idolaters use for their God. That is faulty logic and it makes no sense whatsoever. Again, the fact that there is a false queen of heaven does not lead to the conclusion that we worship a false goddess when we call Mary the queen of heaven. Just as the fact that there is a false God does not lead to the conclusion that we worship a false God when we call our Father in Heaven God. And there is a true Queen of Heaven. We see this quite clearly in Revelation 12, verse 1. And a great portent appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. Let's see. There's a woman. She's in heaven. And she has a crown on her head. 
I could be wrong, but I don't think that's the cleaning lady. No, it's the true queen of heaven, Mary, the mother of the male child who is to rule the nations. We do not worship Mary. We honor her just as Jesus honors her. So there is absolutely nothing wrong from a scriptural point of view in calling Mary the queen of heaven and in honoring her just as Jesus honors her. After all, if Jesus is the king, then Mary is truly the queen mother of heaven. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. A good morning. I don't know if you've heard or not, but uh, Mexico is kind of going through it right now. Last night, the Supreme Court handed down uh, a decision basically decriminalizing abortion in in Mexico. And then, of course, an earthquake struck off of the coast of Acapulco, 7.0 magnitude, uh, felt all the way into Mexico City, shaking buildings. Uh, there's some damage and lights in the sky, too. A pretty crazy video out this morning on the lights over Mexico City. Flooding in Mexico right now. 17 people, I think, died in the flooding so far, subway crashes. It's just, it's pretty surreal. So let's uh, let's keep them in our prayers today. But we just wrapped up a great conversation, too, actually. One with Jeff Cavins uh, from the Great Adventure Bible Study and the Bible in a Year podcast. And uh, he's giving a talk at the upcoming National uh, Prayer Breakfast. And we had a conversation about Scripture study. Uh, so that was good. We'll probably post that on our social feeds at some point. And then we just spoke with Zachary King, former Satanic Wizard, and uh, who got into magic through Dungeons and Dragons and got involved in a satanic coven, and it it spiraled downward from there. He was involved in some pretty gruesome things, and uh, he shared a bit about that uh, and and a lot more in our conversation, so we'll be posting that at some point on our social feed. So a great hour last hour. This hour, good news stories coming up uh, with Janice in a moment, and then, of course, we're going to have the Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and we will play our Fear and Trembling Game show coming up at 15 past the hour. It's going to be a fun hour. Hopefully, you can join us for all or part of that. Good morning to you, Janice. Morning. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Uh, you were familiar with Zachary King before, right? Yes. Yeah. I uh, my husband actually introduced me to him when we were uh, when we were dating, and uh, he, he he was like a huge fan, and he told me his story, and he gave me a miraculous medal, and he was like, "This is powerful because yeah. of the story of you know Zachary King," which we and, didn't even get into. Yeah. I mean, well, how I mean, he was converted in the middle of a mall yeah. uh, with the uh, Miraculous Medal. I, mm-hmm. I, I asked him if he'd come back, and he said he would. So we'll get him back to share that part. But mm-hmm. um, if, you, if you Google his name, you can find, find it. thousands of yeah. uh, 
interviews or yeah, uh-huh, he's yeah. his story is very popular for definitely. sure. Speaking of stories that are popular, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Thank you, thank you. The world renowned Adrian mm-hmm. Fonseca, everyone. the the world-renowned. absolutely not not the Saint Adrian whose feast day is today. D- did Saint Adrian exist? Is uh, there proof? Absolutely. Mm. Which one, Pope Saint Adrian, or you uh-huh. know, there's like there's like a dozen uh-huh. of them. Uh-huh. Uh huh. There'll be another one after there's, I die. There's. Uh, not me, not me, of course. <laughs> different, different Adrian. Just different. coincidence that I would be at the same time I die. It is the Feast of the Nativity, though, today. Praise it be to is, God. It is. I'm going to try to run off after the show and get to Mass uh, in honor of Our Lady. But yeah, it's uh, it's very exciting. The birthday of our mm. Blessed Virgin Mary. When Amen. I was in college, my roommates would make a birthday cake for Our Lady. Wow. And we would have a, a birthday party. <laughs> Praise be to God. That's awesome. <laughs> Um, well, we have a great show lined up. We have a lot to get to, uh, and we're going to be uh, praying here in a moment. Let's, uh, let's keep Mexico in our prayers. There's so much going on in Mexico. I've been looking for uh, subject matter experts for a while now to talk about uh, the violence, the corruption, the cartels, all of that. And then you add on top of it things like the Supreme Court decision coming out of their court yesterday on <clears throat> abortion and the natural disasters. It's just, it's a heartbreaking story. So let's continue to pray for the, for the reconquista of Mexico, for Our Lady of Guadalupe. Um, that's a big on my heart today. Of course, we have more stories coming out of Afghanistan today about Americans being left behind in the State Department, intentionally blocking efforts to save some of them. That's a very concerning story. There's a lot of very concerning stories. So much to pray for in the world around us. But let's dive in and let's get to some more good news and upbeat stuff. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the good news with Janice Valenzuela. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time, friends. I'm Janice Valenzuela, and here are your headline news for today. From Alatia, a new multimedia platform called Real and True takes the catechism to younger generations as the catechism of the Catholic Church turns 30. A new project makes its pages come alive to a new generation. For many Catholic and non-believers, the catechism is seen as a reference book and a set of rules. And Real and True is seeking to counterpart this uh initial design from a national catholic register ladato c inspires young adults to faith-based action on climate change it was after reading pope francis's encyclical ladato c on care change that uh, emily burke a young college student began wondering what she and her friends could do at jesuit run creighton university to help protect the environment from Alatia, a U- UK mother who gave birth to a baby chose life over death despite the no arms, no legs, and a weak hand of her child's birth. Pope Francis on Sunday asked for prayers for his visit later this month to the heart of Europe, a four-day pilgrimage to Hungary and Slovakia, which will be his first travel since the surgery earlier this summer. 
From Catholic News Agency, religious doctors and hospitals will not be forced to perform gender transition procedures after a federal court on Monday blocked the so-called transgender mandate of the Biden administration. From Crux Now, India Catholics take part in National Biking for Babies ride on the last day of the grueling week-long journey that tested people it tested people's hearts and spirits. A celebration of life was found with the bike, biking for babies in St. Louis. From Crux Now, Texas Bishop has applauded the Supreme Court's decision not to block a new law banning most abortions in the state, noting it's the first time in the nation's highest court that has allowed a pro-life law to remain in place while legislation proceeds in lower courts. From Crux Now, Pope Francis has called on whatever government will emerge from Afghanistan following the American withdrawal to allow children to receive an education, despite the Taliban policy of not allowing women to attend school after the age of 12. In these troubled times that we see Afghan seeking refuge, Pope Francis states, I pray for the most vulnerable among them. End quote. From Church Militant, a near, a nearly, nearly a year ago after Vatican media fiasco involving snippets of commentary by Pope Francis is spliced together in a high-profile documentary to create a soundbite endorsing same-sex civil unions, the Vatican is now screening that the same documentary for a group of migrants and refugees. On Monday, Francisco, produced by Russian-Jewish filmmaker Ev Evangeli Afineski will be shown in the Vatican's new Synod Hall for a group of 130 migrants and refuge families. And those are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a blessed Tuesday, Wednesday. The Saint of the Day, well, we have a few Saint of the Days. Uh, one, the feast day of the Blessed Virgin Mary, which is uh, of her nativity, and of uh, Saint Adrian, who was his arms were chopped off by an anvil and then beheaded. So pretty cool. But the saying of the day is Blessed Antoine Frederic Oznam, who was born on the 23rd of April, 1813 in Milan, Italy. He was born to Jean and Marie Oznam and was the fifth of 14 children, only three of which survived to adulthood. He was married and a layman scholar and a teacher and author in the Archdiocese of Paris and Marcellus, France. He studied law in Paris and worked in the judicial service in Lyon's France. He obtained a doctorate based on his work on Dante, and he was taught in Lyon's Paris and the Sorbonne, and his writing and teaching always revolved around the benefit of the individual and society of Christianity. He was one of the founders of the Conference of Charity, which became the modern-day Society of St. Vincent de Paul. He died on the 8th of September, 1853, in Marcellus Bois de Ron, in France, of natural causes. He is beatified on the 22nd of August, 1997, by Pope John Paul II. His beatification was recognized and celebrated at the Notre Dame de Paris Cathedral. Blessed Antoine Frédéric Ozenam, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 23. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. When his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found with child through the Holy Ghost. Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly. 
Such was his intention when, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home, for it is through the Holy Ghost that this child has been conceived in her. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In the last hour, I mentioned the three main theories around why Joseph would uh, divorce Mary after finding out she was with child. The suspicion theory that she was she did something she wasn't supposed to do. Um, and then, of course, there's the perplexity theory. I don't know. Uh, um, and then there's, of course, the reverence theory, which is the one that the greatest of minds uh, adhere to, like myself and Thomas Aquinas and Bernard of Clairvaux. I'm just saying, like, we're tight, like we're really tight. But here's what Origen said. But if he had no suspicion of her, how could he be a just man and yet seek to put her away, being immaculate? He sought to put her away because he saw in her a great sacrament to approach which he thought himself unworthy. Origin, he's on the right side. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, this is uh, this passage is quite chock full of stuff. I mean, it looks like you read it and you're like, oh, because uh, if you read the full passage, which we didn't read the whole thing because it's very long, verses 1 through 16 is the genealogy of our Lord. And what is one of the first thing that happens is it refers back to Abraham uh, say that saying that our Lord is in the line of Abraham. So why is that important that our Lord was in the line of Abraham? Well, it shows to the Jewish Jewish audience that our Lord here is of the Jews and for the Jews. And that's why in the other genealogy in Luke, it shows him back to Adam. Why does it do that? Well, because they wanted to show that he is not there just for the Jews, but also for all of mankind. So that's very important. But in Matthew, we show that uh, he goes to Abraham to show, because Matthew was writing for this Jewish audience. And so when the Jewish audience would have read this, they would have recognized the names that are here. You read it and you're like, oh my goodness, I don't know who these people are. Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah, Manasiah, Amos, all these people. And you may, if you haven't, if you're not familiar with the scriptures, you're like, I have no idea who these people are. But if for a Jewish audience at the time would have read this and would have been, oh my goodness, yes. Oh yeah, that makes sense. And in it, we talk about the 14 generations that pass between the different generations. And it shows the perfection of time. Why? Because it's three sets of 14. And three is a perfect number. Seven is a perfect number. And two sets of seven is a greater uh, number. So this is like wrapped up in numerology. Augustine loves this stuff. You read Augustine, he uh, talks about this for days. But this is very important. Our Lord has set up his own life. Because remember, our Lord is the only person in all of history who got to choose when and where he was born and to whom he was born to. He chose his own father. He chose his mother. He chose his genealogy. He chose when and where he'd be born. And this is a magnificent thing. And I want to leave us with this. The Blessed Virgin Mary is the mother of our Lord. 
And she was conceived without original sin. She was the holiest of all people, save that of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we have to uh, do something special for her on her birthday today. Offer up an extra rosary, uh, do something special, bake a cake like Janice said. There's something that, that can be done today to give her great honor because it was through her line that we have such a great and wonderful Savior. Amen. Praise be to God. Uh, we're going to go to a break, and we're going to play our game, Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where prizes are involved, and you could win, and you don't need to know the answers to win those, but you do have to be our caller, so call right now. The phone lines are open at 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. Ready to play? Well, now's your chance, 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Call now. We'll be right back. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So uh, do me a favor. And just keep this between us. Don't tell anybody what I'm about to tell you. But there are a few hidden things we like to do during the uh, trivia game show. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions, and you may learn something that you didn't know before. Praise be to God. And then, of course, we like to have fun. 
And our contestants tend to be a good time. They laugh with us, and uh, they're great sports, so praise be to God for that. And we also give out prizes, which makes this a winner for everybody involved. But here's the kicker. If you're just joining us and you're new here and you're trying to figure all all of this out, we have three Catholic trivia questions, but we do not ask the caller the questions. So the caller could possibly never even know a single correct answer and still win the game. It's possible. Praise be to God. Uh, The reason why is because I will instead ask Janice and Adrian the questions. One of them will be right. The other will be wrong. And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Janice, what could they win? This week, we have a great sponsor known as CatholicArtAndJewelry.com. They have an Etsy shop, and they also have a website. They create custom handmade jewelry, custom uh, Catholic uh, acrylic painted art. The, the artist is Sue Cuomo Johnson. She is a devout Catholic woman. Um, and she creates uh, handmade handmade items. So the the prize for this week is a Catholic art bundle, which includes five art prints, a charm, Catholic postcards, stickers, and holy cards. So it's a, it's a big um, Catholic prize art pack like that. Uh, Praise be to bundle. God. An art bundle. Well, we're very grateful to our sponsor, CatholicArtAndJewelry.com, for your generous sponsorship of our game show. By the way, I also want to thank loveyourmotherboards.com who gave out a skateboard to Diego. Uh, They mailed that off, I think, yesterday. So loveyourmotherboards.com. You're the best. Thank you for that. But uh, all right, let's go to the phones. Uh, Praise be to God. Jace, good morning to you. Thanks for calling into our program. Say hello. 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 How old are you? Six. You're Six. Wow, that's amazing. Praise be to God. Well, we're very grateful. Where are you from? Texas. Texas. Richardson, Texas. I was going to say the great state of Texas. Richardson, Texas. Praise be to God. Up in the Dallas area, I guess. And where do yes. you where do you go to school? St. Paul. St. Paul. St. Paul Catholic. Hell, that's wonderful. Well, praise be to God. Uh, Jace, are you ready to play the game? Do you know how this works? So, you know, uh, Janice and Adrian are going to be the ones to answer the question, and you have to decide who do you trust more, Janice or Adrian, and then you'll have 15 seconds to tell us who you trust. Now, I don't know, Dad, these can be tricky questions. Hopefully you're you're going to help out there, or maybe it's the other way around. Hmm. It's totally the other way around. <laughs> All right, this first one, I got to say, this one first one could be tricky, but let's just see how it all goes. Uh, Janice, we will start with you, as is our custom. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Are you sure? Yes, 100%. I'm ready. Are you sure? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Janice, can you tell me, what was the name of the French Protestant of the 16th and 17th centuries who followed Calvin? They had a name. Mm. What was it? That would be the Calvinist. They, they were called the Calvinists? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because okay. They, they were followers of Calvin. Sure. Could be. So the, yeah. the Calvinist. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Could be. Uh, let's just go to uh, Adrian and see what he has to say. Adrian, uh, you're an expert in all things uh, a- uh, anti-Catholic. Can you tell me? 
What was the name of the French Protestants of the 16th and 17th centuries who followed Calvin? Yes, the the French Calvinists were known as the Huguenots. The Huguenots. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Calvinists. Not Calvinists. Are you sure? I am mostly sure. Mostly. Okay. All right, so, uh, Jace, this is a tough one. I'm going to be honest with you. Now, here is the deal. Adrian says it's called the Huguenots, uh, whereas Janice, <laughs> Janice seems to think it's the Calvinists. Uh, <laughs> 15 seconds on the clock, Jace. Who's right? Who's wrong? What say you? Janine. Um, are you sure? Yeah. Ah, so sorry. Oh. <laughs> I told you not to trust her. Tricky question. Tricky question. <laughs> that was a hard one. I'm going to be honest. That was a harder one. Um, it get easier from here. Praise be to God. But, uh, in fact, they were called the Huguenots, and the Huguenots did persecute Catholics in France. Uh, it was unfortunate. Yeah. Unfortunate situation. But now you know. You know a fancy word, Jace, called Huguenots. So when you go to school, you can show that off to all your friends. You say, hey, have you ever heard of the Huguenots from the 16th and 17th century France? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They persecuted Catholics. (laughs) I mean, it works every time. It's a great party starter. Just try that, Jace. All right. We're going to get you in this cup, though. Next time you'll ask that question. (laughs) Next time we'll ask that same question. I'm going to say, next time you ask that question, you should use the tricky answer of the Hobbesians, like Calvin and Hobbes. Ah! That's smart. Write that down. That's great. All right. We're going to get you in the cup, though, Jace. There we go. We're going to start this one with Adrian. Oh. Adrian? I, I, I could be trustworthy. Can you tell me, when is a double genuflection made? So... We always genuflect when we go into Mass. We genuflect at the tabernacle and Jesus present there. We genu- we get on our knee, right knee and we get into the pew. But when do we get on both knees at the same time? When do we do that? That we do a double genuflection whenever our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is exposed in the Blessed Sacrament. Ooh. Adoration. Like an adoration. Like oh, an adoration. Okay, okay. Hmm. Well, let's see what uh, Janice has to say here. Janice, can you tell me, when is a double genuflection made? Not just one knee, but both knees at the same time. Hmm. Um, would that be... This is a tricky question. Uh, mm-hmm, I would mm-hmm. say uh, the consecration at Mass. At Mass? Hmm. Wouldn't that be... Is that that's in the queue? <laughs> I'm not okay. Okay, all right. So let's just let me summarize for you, Jace. Okay, so Janice seems to think it's when you're in the pew at consecration, whereas Adrian says it's when you're in the aisle on both knees in front of the Blessed Don't Sacrament that's exposed. It's called a double genuflection. <laughs> Trust me. Um. We don't genuflect in a pew. Uh, 15 seconds on the clock, Jace. Uh, who's right? Who's wrong? Is it Janice? Is it Adrian? What say you? Adrian! Are you sure? That's right. Uh-huh. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> Congratulations, Jace. You did not fall for the curveball. And that was a tricky one, too, but praise be to God, you got it right. You are in the coffee cup of divine providence, Jace. How do you feel? How do you feel? Tell him. Feel good? Excited. 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 
You could win the prize pack, Chase. We're, we're excited for you, buddy. One last time, let's see if we can't double your chances to win. This last question, we're going to go back to Janice. Uh, Janice, you've been tricky so far this game, Janice. Okay, you've been very tricky, but let's just see how this last one goes. Uh, Janice, can you tell me, what does the church call a heathen or one who practices idolatry? What does the church call that person officially? Mm, officially, I would say it's a secularized. Secularized person. Secularized person. Wow. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. Uh, let's see what Adrian has to say. Uh, Adrian, uh, can you tell me what does the church call a heathen or one who practices idolatry? And this is one of my uh, favorite. Uh, terms. I somehow, right after. I somehow knew that. Right after, like, uh, after anathema sit. <laughs> after uh, anathema it sit. is a, a pagan. A pagan. We've heard this term before. I may have used it a couple times. <laughs> uh, maybe once or twice. I don't know. Just this morning, I'm sure. Mm, you know. <laughs> okay. Okay. So here's the deal, Jace. Here's the deal. Uh, Adrian seems to think that a heathen or someone who practices idolatry is called a pagan. Whereas Janice seems to think that same person is called a secularized person. Uh, 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Jace, what say you? Adrian! Survey says... Adrian! (laughs) You got it. You got it. Congratulations, Jace. You are right, sir. It is a pagan. It is uh, all pagan today in the questions, apparently, except for the second one. Uh, well done. You're in, the same thing. you're in for two, uh, Jace. How do you feel? Well, we were so glad you called in. You are such a great sport. Praise be to God. Have a great day at school, Jace. We're going to be praying for you and for your family today. Uh, But you have to stick on hold so we get your phone number in case it be God's will that your name comes out of the coffee cup of Divine Providence on Friday. So you're going to have to tune in again on Friday as you're making your way back to school just to see if it's your name being called out. But God love you. God bless you. And have a great day. Thank you. All right. Praise be to God. That is going to do it for the radio side of our show. That was fun. Jace was such a good good sport. We, we really appreciate that. We are going to say goodbye to the radio audience and uh, stay on, hang out with the live video feed on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Odyssey. Everything linked up at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time, where we get a lot more casual about our conversation, and you get to drive that conversation into whatever you wish it to be. All you have to do is comment. 
And if you are a first-time commenter, as uh, the CDT insiders will tell you, uh, you get extra love. You get uh, extra love lavished upon you for being a first-time commenter. Please let us know where you're from if you've never commented before. We would love that. Um, Boy, you guys, like, vicious on poor six-year-old Jace with your specific answers um, being so tight. You mean being right? Correct and wrong. Even the wrong answers were like, like, not wrong enough. I felt bad for Jace. My heart breaks for young people trying to sort out our trickiness. Well, you got him right. He, he, he nailed two of them. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Huguenots is a hard one. It's <laughs> a hard one, wasn't it? That was a tough one. Put Joe sure. trying to put the blame on, uh, on me and Janice, <laughs> but he's one choosing things like Huguenots. I, mm, I, don't, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. I have I know not what you refer to. You're passing along, mm. passing along the responsibility. Hashtag uh, not my fault. Mm. Hashtag Come that's on, your man. job. <laughs> that, that's not my job. Not my job. Uh, so, oh, the other thing too, I should warn uh, people about. If you're new here and you're like, I don't know, man, I just don't know. Uh, there's a lot of inside humor that gets tossed around in the after show um, because it's mostly just you know. The insiders, CDT insiders, the uh, the regulars that are hanging out with us, and they all know the inside humor jokes. So if we say anything that throws you off, please just don't hesitate to ask. We'll, we'd love to explain it to you. So any of the uh, – any of the um, – like, for instance, someone somewhere. Is, <laughs> is someone somewhere 93 – I'm <laughs> curious if 93 changed his name again and is now going under the title of someone somewhere. Someone somewhere, where are you from? Are you new here? Are you a first-time commenter? Uh, I wonder. But he says, Adrian looks sus. <laughs> uh, what's up with that, man? If that's 93, we can take the joke. If it's not, I wonder. It makes me wonder. Over on YouTube. You see that, Adrian? Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> I was I was looking uh, sus because... What's up with that? I was looking sus because uh, oh, jo- <laughs> Joe said... You don't genuflect in a pew. And I was like, what do you mean you don't genuflect in a pew? You Poor, genuflect uh, I, at I the uh, at the creed. You genuflect at the last final gospel. Hashtag you're right. I got it. But... Poor Jazz. I, I was need, like, I needed him to get a right answer. I couldn't let the only easy right. answer to go badly. I wanted a distinction, so I made one. Uh, Burrier family, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Tammy. Good morning to you. Praise, praise be to God. It's good to see you. Monica Cortez and Eric, good morning to you. Uh, Anthony Lozano, praise be to God. Yeah, I'm glad you are here. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Eric Rodriguez, good to see you. Jesus Moreno, good morning to you. Christopher Velasquez, good morning. Someone somewhere, where are you from? Is that 93? I wonder. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Mary Barone, praise be to God. Good morning to you. Who's on Facebook? Well, I just wanted to let you know that someone somewhere is uh, he he is from somewhere, and he also <laughs> is someone. Just very, just very you know technical. That. You're a very technical person, Adrian. I mean, he gave us his his, his location, and he gave us his name. So <laughs> I just only write that. <laughs> There's nothing else to see it. here. There's nothing else to see here. <laughs> Move along. Uh, Move along. No, the dawn is on with us. Joaquin, Sonia, Patty was on earlier. Uh, she took off as usual to go to mass. Uh, Lori, Melanie, Jesus Robles, our dear friend. Jesus, praying for your country, man. Gloria is on, and uh, I think that's it on that side. And then Michelle is joined, uh, joining us on with Patty, was hopping back and forth between the two Facebook pages. 
and Buddy's not alone on the uh, GRN side today, and my dad is on there on the uh, GRN hey, side. Hey, Dad, as well. good morning. Praise be to God. Good to see you. Uh, a lot of people like Zachary King. Hey, he's a good guest. He's a good guest. I highly recommend looking up some of his interviews. Not most of them have terrible audio quality, but it's such good content that it's worth slugging through. Um, but yeah, I've listened to probably, probably all of the interviews he's done that's on YouTube. I probably listened to all, all of them. I probably have listened to all of them. Really? <laughs> yeah. All of them? I'm pretty sure I have. I don't know. I think the, so. The most recent one I heard was from Father Dave Nix, uh, yeah. his podcast. He had a podcast and he was his guest. I think this was like during, during the election season in November of last year. I heard it. Um, he had some really interesting insight from a, from a, from a political perspective, yeah. it was great. Mike uh, Mike K is hanging out on Odyssey today. Praise be to God. Good morning to you, Mike K. Thanks for hanging out with us. Very Mike, grateful. Do you to have you. anything that we can disagree about that we can talk about? Yeah. Amen. Comment. Let us know. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Eric says, "Crazy lights look like the transformers getting blown out in different places. They just had a small earthquake the other day, no, last night." And and uh, it's reverberated all the way to Mexico City, and yeah, those uh, transformers blowing up looks crazy over the over the I'm skies in Mexico. It's a transformer City. exploding. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't happen to be in Mexico City at the moment, but it looks crazy nonetheless. Well, I was just making the point that I'm pretty sure that transformers don't exist. Transformers. It's, it only exists in um, Michael Bay movies. There's one right, right above my backyard. Okay, dude. Okay, you also, you also Camaro believe in aliens. So hanging out on telephone poles. I guess Transformers are aliens, so. <laughs> and aliens are? Mexicans. Demons. Oh, awkward. Yeah. Demons. David yeah. L., good morning to you. See, this is part of the inside humor. We t- we, I mentioned, um, in my defense, I did warn you that this happens. Uh, David L., good morning to you. Good morning, CDT team. I've always said that Satanists believe in the real presence more than some Catholics in the pews. True. There you go. Where the lie? You know, and I've also said, uh, you know, there's not a there's not a black sermon, okay? There's a black mass. Let that sink in. Although, you know, part of the testimony of Zachary King was in Putting some of the interviews churches. that I've heard of him giving his testimony. He talks about the covens and how they had two main missions, and uh, one was to uh, to destroy Christian churches. And there was a big effort to destroy Baptist churches, and there was a big effort to destroy Catholic churches, and not much in between. I thought it was hilarious because um, Zachary King, he talks about when he was uh, doing that, he was breaking up Baptist churches. He said, yeah, I grew up Baptist, and I was always told that that uh, Catholics were going to hell anyway, so I would have figured it was no, we didn't need to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have loved to have gotten into some of that, um, but the tight nature of our guest segments just didn't allow for a lot of leeway there. So maybe when we get him back, I definitely wanted to talk about the, the his conversion experience. Um, but there was a lot, I think, left to be said about his time as a wizard and some of the work he did. I was listening this morning to one of the interviews where he was asked by the interviewer, well, as, a, as a high wizard, he was paid a lot of money to do these to do this satanic magic. And he was asked, was there ever a a spell, hex or whatever, that he refused to do? He said, yes, there was one. He was asked to, uh, to say a, a particular spell, which would have cleared the way on a piece of hi- a highway, a piece of road. And he didn't say highway, he said road, where the Pope was going to be at a certain time. 
in order so that some people could murder him. And he said he didn't know much about the Catholic faith, but he did know about the Pope. And he said, you're generally not supposed to mess with the Pope. So he refused to say that. I, I wanted to ask him about that. It was the, he said it was the only spell that, he, that uh, as high wizard, he refused to do. Wait, so you're saying his spell was supposed to cause... So he was contacted by, because he mm. as, as High Wizard, he was the guy in the top hat and the painted face that traveled the world, and he was contacted by people who wanted to murder the Pope. And uh, he didn't say which Pope, so I wanted to ask him, but we didn't get the chance. We'll, get, we'll do it next time. Mm. And he said uh, the spell was to clear the road so that these people could attack just the Pope. And... Mm. Um, I see. And uh, he refused to say that one. Mm. I find that fascinating. Well, I mean, what comes to my mind is the attack that Pope John Paul II had uh, in, I think it was 1992 or 1993, uh, when he was, uh, he was actually on his way to found uh, the Pontifical Institute of John Paul II for marriage and family studies. And he uh, was attacked and uh, the, 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 the path was not cleared for sure, because he didn't die. Think, thanks yeah. to God. Thanks yeah, God. it'd be interesting to see who who was because yeah. he converted in two thousand eight, and uh, that would have been um, after JP two died Benedict and Benedict sixteenth. So yeah. it could have been either of them. Yeah, uh, John Benedict. He didn't say when JP in the interview. He just said that he was asked, happened. "Hey, was there ever one you didn't say?" Because he was doing, he was heavily involved in the abortion business, and the and I listened to him this morning driving in describe the very first time in his coven he wanted to be. He said in his coven, the the first coven he was a part of, his coven was dedicated to child uh, pornography and sex trafficking. And as a kid, he was 12 years old who, when he got wrapped up into it, and he was involved in that stuff as a part of his coven. Anthony Lozano said he confirmed it was not Pope John Paul II, which means it must have been Benedict XVI. And he, he goes on to say that as he grew and he, he officially joined the coven as a Satanist, he had to go through a ritual, like a, like a baptismal ritual uh, in blood and other body fluids that are disgusting. And he had to sign a contract in his own blood, et cetera, et cetera. Well, then he wanted to be the guy who did the magic. That was his thing. And he said, everybody wore black robes. One guy wore red. That was the chief magic person. And that's who he wanted to be. And that's who he got to be in his coven. And the first time he, they did, uh, there was a particular young lady who, who um, for her to rise in rank was to have more abortions ritually. So they would, she'd get pregnant within the coven and a ceremony that they would do. And then nine months later, they would abort her child in a ritual. So there'd be an abortionist and a nurse on hand with their medical gear. And then the coven would be performing this ritual at the same time. And he had to do the, 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 the spell. I don't even know what to, the proper language is here. The spells or whatever, the hexes, or I don't know what he, what, he, what he did. And then he had to get blood on his hands and it was pretty gross. And the way he described that, I wanted to throw up. It was gross. It was so disgusting. And then he did another, what do you say, 146 of those? Like, utterly mind-blowing how diabolical that is. Uh, and then when he, when he went off to college, that's when he joined another coven. And then he discovered there was a larger coven. That was the warehouse thing he referred to. And that one was much bigger, uh, much more organized, and much more involved in these diabolical things all over the world to include these warehouse deals with famous people and 
abortions and everything else. Very mm-hmm. gross, very disgusting. I'm also curious to see, like, you know, especially in our current uh, culture today, like, we, there's a lot of uh, implicit satanic symbols, like, um, like even like uh like the whole converse issue you know the whole converse imagery that they publicized or uh nike just came out with like the devil's shoes or Mm -hmm. um and 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 so like there's all these like big brands you know like uh you know nike converse um i don't know other you know big branded companies Mm -hmm. that are implicitly putting off these images or messages that come at come off as diabolical. Yeah. Um I'm curious like what 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 effect is what is the purpose of that? What is the effect of that on society? You know, like yeah. I mean it's I mean it's something so silly like it's just a shoe, it's just a brand, but it's a but very it's desensitizing. popular you know, brand. it's like it's like all these horror movies that come yeah. out all year long now. When I was a kid, they'd only come out at Halloween. Only at Halloween did you get mm-hmm. any horror movie. Now it's all year long, nonstop mm-hmm. conjuring horror, you know, crazy, graphic, violent, you know, diabolical themed movies all year mm-hmm. long. It just, it's a desensitizing. Um, mm-hmm. to, it's, it's a debasing of the mind and the, and the, mm-hmm. and, um, and our children. I really wanted to address more of that for sure. Yeah. Uh, Joaquin says, speaking of earthquake, my uncle messaged me saying that they had an earthquake in Mexico over the weekend. I wonder, Joaquin, is that different than the one that happened yesterday, last night? Um, is this a second earthquake? He said, the last time an earthquake was recorded there was when I was born in September of 85. Wow. Long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, crazy. Yeah. Um, Mike over on Odyssey says, hey, Joe. What do you call a belt made of wristwatches? What do you call a belt made of wristwatches? I don't know. It's a, it seems like a waste of time. Total waste of time. Total waste <laughs> of time. Hey, where do you learn to make banana splits? Um, Sunday school, of course. <laughs> yeah. That's that's good. Good dad, dad joke humor right there. Uh, the devil, according to Eric uh, Rodriguez, says the devil hides in plain sight, and the symbolism is everywhere from shows to signs, mm-hmm. etc. Dead smack in the face of every day. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, look about the uh, talk about what was it? Um, was it the early 2000s? There was that uh, Disney show about the witch. What was that? Which one? Well, when I was a kid. Um, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And then, of course, you had the vampire, mm. the vampire uh, genre of movies and television shows. You had um, Harry Potter, like all of these. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. I know when I was in middle school or elementary, everybody was talking about Harry Potter, and Harry Potter was like everything. But, you know, there's some controversy with Harry Potter because of the occultist language that the book has. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess my one of my questions or one of the things that really stood out to me from his conversation is that he said, the, you know, your first instinct as a Catholic might be like, oh, we have to be very scrupulous with what we see, what we do. And because like like that a commenter just said, the 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 diabolical uh, symbolism is everywhere. Yeah. And so it's like we can't just hide ourselves in a closet and live in mm. isolation forever. 
But Zachary King said, you know, you can't be, you can't cut yourself off from the world, but you can live in the world, but protect yourself with the rosary and the mass. And I, I loved that he said those are the two powerful weapons that we have as Catholics, the rosary and the mass. And I also wanted to ask furthermore, like, when you talk about the mass, uh, I'm, I'm curious if uh, Zachary King attends the Latin mass regularly. He does. Oh, awesome. He goes to the fraternity parish. Oh, great. What? Where does he live? What What city does he live in? Um, well, he was converted, I think, in Oklahoma. Mm. Uh, I don't know if he still lives. No, he lives in Kansas now. Yeah, and I'm I curious, like, what from a from a diabolical perspective, does the Latin Mass have any difference? Uh, you know, do do the demons hate the Latin Mass more? We got to have him back. We're gonna right. have to ask. Father Ribberger talks about that. He says yes, yeah. and Jesse Romero talks about that too, and he says yes. Uh, he talks about how the story of a uh, sacred language of a man who went to the traditional mass and couldn't even who was possessed and couldn't stay in the church past the um, the uh, asparagus may, but in the mm-hmm. and then in the new mass he could stay all the way until the consecration of the Eucharist. Wow! Yeah, mm-hmm. and it makes sense though because the asparagus may in the prayers of the asparagus may is the uh, is the priest it says that we. That our Lord asked our Lord to send down an angel from heaven mm-hmm. to uh, watch over the people mm-hmm. in the in the church, mm-hmm. and so it makes sense uh, because mm-hmm. so we don't we took that, those prayers out. That prayer those prayers don't exist mm-hmm. at all in the new mass. Hey Tammy, hey Tammy, uh, here's a quick question for oh. you. I see your your response over there. So Tammy, tell me, what do you call a beehive? A beehive without the bee, an e-hive, of course. Take that. Yeah. Crickets. Crickets. <laughs> That's a good dad joke humor. What are you talking about? Come on, man. Come on, man. Anthony says, Harry Potter used to love it. Great movies, but it introduces the fun of magic with a K to children. Yay and amen. Uh, Anthony says, also says, used to make fun of my parents for not letting me see it, but now uh, I see why. Getting old has its advantages. Mm-hmm. Um, with age comes wisdom. Praise be to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I say youth is wasted on the young. Um, but true. And <laughs> as, as parents, we have to make difficult choices. Waverly Place, Michelle Vaughn says. Uh, Buddy writes uh, that was one of these shows that was sort of perpetuating this innocent, quote, quote unquote, version of, of the occult in everyday life. Buddy, isn't there a show about Luther right yeah, now? It's called. Um, I've never seen it. I've heard about it. Uh, it's called. Um, not Luther, uh, Lucifer. Lucifer. Yeah. Have you seen it? No. Is it on Netflix? Uh, I don't know where it airs. I mean, I, it airs, I believe, on the CW, if I'm not mistaken. But it's, I, I'm sure, I'm assuming it's on most most streaming platforms. Mm. I, I don't know though. I think that's just another way of desensitizing people. It's like, mm. oh, it's just Lucifer. It's just something very casually that we're just, you know, having a show about. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, the problem is it makes him sympathetic. It makes him, he's a charming guy. Approachable. Attractive. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, they kind of make, um, the, the, make God out to be this, like, mean father figure who, uh, Lucifer is just rebelling against his dad kind of thing. And it's, it's very silly. And I think, mm-hmm. uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, he ends up, like, overthrowing God and becomes God or something like that. Mm. So it's pretty, pretty whack. Hey, what about the Golden Compass? Do you guys remember the Golden Compass? Yeah, I remember when that came out. My parents wouldn't let us watch it. Your parents are good people. Uh, but 
I don't know. I actually don't know why. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's uh, the, the, the deal with the, the premise with the golden compasses. They were hunting down God to kill him. Oh, and it was at That's, the time you had the Narnia out. Lord of the Rings was obviously out. I think it was before the Hobbit series. And so it was oh, trying to witchcraft, it was trying to tap into the same feel as yeah, the Narnia movies, exactly. and mm-hmm. um, and they had some big actors in it, but it was like you're going to kill God? Uh, uh-uh. uh. Sorry, but no. That's that's so nonsensical. These uh these whole concepts are rooted in just bad philosophy. You yeah. can't kill God. That's so nonsensical. Like just purely from a philosophical perspective you have to be pretty dumb to think that god is a type of thing that can be killed like it's it's pretty ignorant yeah Mm. it's tough it's tough finding uh you know there's so much of mainstream content that families absorb that um they may not have like sometimes they can may not be even so overt but there's a lot of subtlety that's involved there that can de- sort of de- begin to desensitize the mind. So then I guess the question that I'll ask is what what can families do to uh, have have allow their children to have a normal childhood without what is normal? Yeah. And I think that's uh, I what, what comes to my mind is uh, I used to nanny for a family, beautiful Catholic family uh, in D.C., and she had five boys and one little girl and uh, all under the age of seven. And um, I, I, I lived with them. I was an in-house nanny. And they, they didn't have a TV. Mm. Um, her boys never knew about Superman or Spider-Man or ah. they had no concept of Disney World or Disneyland. Like they, but they were so, like their childhood was so, um, lived in abundance because every day they were outside playing you know some sport or like jumping on trampoline or playing some game tag or something and i i just remember when i lived with them i i saw childhood lived in a beautiful way that wasn't attached to like video games or the tv and uh, I remember, you know, like when you ask a little boy, like the average boy, like, what do you want to be when you grow up or what do you want to do? And or, you know, who do you look up to? And they'll they'll say like, oh, I look up to Spider-Man or Superman or, you know, what some Marvel or uh, some comic figure. But I, I remember uh, Thomas, the seven year old, I asked him, I was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? He's like, I want to be a father. He said, wow. I was like, I was like, oh, you mean like your dad? He's like, no, I think I'm going to be like a priest. Uh, and I just remember there, yeah, just so much grace was coming from the vocation, like this beautiful family. They, 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 and, and the parents would tell me like, yeah, we don't like to introduce our children to things that are not based on reality. And I love that. Like, that's, that's the yeah. TFP position. The TFP is anti-fantasy as a whole. Like mm-hmm. anything in the fantasy genre, they're against. They think it, they, that it steals away from the idea of the hagiography of the saints. Um, and it kind of creates like people like look up to Aragorn and Gandalf instead of the saints, and uh, they kind of have this like mystical escapism, and uh, and so the TFP are very much against fantasy in general, not mm-hmm. not just the bad fantasy they like, and like the good fantasy like Lord of the Rings. They're they don't like that either. It's very interesting. Um, I you know we cut the cable a long time ago. 
cut the TV out of the house. We only have one TV in the house that's in our bedroom, my wife and I. So any entertainment comes across that television, it's it's in our room under our supervision. There's no TVs in, in bedrooms uh, elsewhere. There are no computers or, or connected devices in bedrooms elsewhere. Children uh, don't get to have a free, uh, un interrupted unsupervised access to the internet sorry but no there's a as a joke in my house about the things that i will never regret while on my deathbed uh letting them not letting them play enough video games i won't regret that sorry you can't make me letting them have access to the internet and social media while they're in my home sorry not going to regret that you can't make me watching the latest and greatest movies or wearing the latest greatest fashions or or doing what the what the neighbors do or your bestie friends you know sorry not going to regret any of those things on my deathbed uh, i will regret if i you know uh, don't uh you know live my vocation and assist my children uh, and my wife in uh, you know obtaining heaven for eternity that's my job and so that comes first and but the nice thing is we deal we still we still do uh, entertainment at our place, but we just we manage it. So we we look for movies that the family can watch that are entertainable, uh, that aren't going to have issues, that aren't going to have major issues. <clears throat> and sometimes we have movies where we might watch, and there might be themes that are in, discussed in those films where we have a conversation around those themes, and they become teachable moments. But we also use things like VidAngel to filter that content. So that we get rid of the the crazy stuff and just look at the plot. And that's been a fantastic tool. Uh, they are Mormons. We interviewed their CEO about, was it a month, two months? No, it was during uh, it was COVID. Whenever I was sick. Yeah. Um, I wish I could interview him better. That was a, t- I remember having so many technical difficulties on that day now. <laughs> But I love that tool. VidAngel has been a great tool for my family. I've appreciated it, even for myself. When I'm watching movies by myself, if I can watch a movie on VidAngel and get rid of cursing uh, or, or or sexual content, I do. I what, that what stuff What is away. VidAngel? I've never heard of that before. Is so, that yeah, like another Netflix, but Christian? No. no. So it's, it's, it started out as a tool that uh, was connected to uh, r- movie rental streaming, like mm. Google Play. Mm-hmm. Um, and also on iTunes. And you mm-hmm. could rent a film and then use VidAngel to filter the film. You could filter out language, blasphemy, sexual content, violence, graphic imagery. You can filter out a lot of stuff, and you mm-hmm. can just get rid of them. And you can mm-hmm. watch the movie without that stuff. And it was great. Mm-hmm. Until they got sued by Disney. Uh, and mm-hmm. Disney, with their mountains of money and lawyers, you know, put, mm-hmm. basically put the boot on their neck. And then they had to go into bankruptcy, and they had to reorganize. And they came out of bankruptcy, um, reorganized. And so now what they do is they they can't filter any Disney films, and there's a couple of others like Paramount, if I'm not mistaken. I forget. But there's a few of the big studios that they can't touch. So mm-hmm. instead of filtering from like Google Play and iTunes, now you can connect your, your Netflix account. You can connect your Amazon uh, Video Prime account. And some others, and you can watch uh, filtered content from those platforms. Not everything on those platforms can be filtered, but some can. And um, mm-hmm. like there's TV show series that are on those platforms that you can filter, and it, there's movies, etc. Mm-hmm. So I often will, if I find a movie that I want us to watch, I'll go see. I'll go on Netflix and search for it to see if I'm able to filter it, and then I prefer that almost every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give you a good example of a film that. 
uh, I would not let my kids see normally, but we watched it because of Nef- uh, uh, VidAngel, and that was uh, The Hunt for Red October. A great film. Fantastic film. Loved it. But there's some cursing in it. There's some, there's some, there is some mild violence in it even. And so with VidAngel, I was, I was able to get rid of all of that and mm. just see the plot line. And my kids mm. were like, their mind was blown. They're like, this is great. You know, so mm. uh, it's wonderful for those things. But we, we pick cool. and choose. I also have a, I ha- I have a list of, of family-friendly YouTube channels that we watch as a family. We, you know, when those videos come out, we watch them as family, but they're family-friendly. So it's safer content um, that we can sit around and watch we, when we're ready for some entertainment. Um, mm. But the kids, just they don't have access to the television. And games, we have video games, but I don't let them play it all that often. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Maybe once every few weeks, they'll get an hour or so. A video game time. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they got chores. We got outdoor activ- activities. We like to we like to be outdoor uh, active in our family too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think the best remedy is uh, uh, cutting screen time to replace it with something that's equally as fun as outdoor adventures. I think that yeah, that is a good remedy. Yeah, amen. For sure. Uh, praise be to God. Would that include Star Wars? No, Star Wars is a Disney product. You can't you can't filter Star Wars. I think you used to be able to on their platform, but that's all changed now. Disney Star Wars is bad, anyways. It yeah. promotes false ideologies. Um, Gnostic hey, dualism. To the to the person who disliked us on Odyssey, we appreciate your feedback. Thank you for that. Do us a favor, smash the dis- dislike button one more time. That'd be awesome. Because then it'll <laughs> undo. Anyway. <laughs> All right, praise be to God. That's going to do it for our show. Have a great day. Uh, God bless you. Tomorrow on the program, we're going to talk about 9-11 with Dan Leroy, the connection to the original 9-11 and the siege of Vienna with the September 2001 uh, 9-11. So we may get your feedback, but we also may open up the phone lines on Friday to get your testimony of where were you on September the 1st, 2001. I know where I was but maybe you can share your testimony. Dan Leroy joins us tomorrow to talk about that. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you then. Have a great day. Share us with a friend. Thank you for joining